0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russia's Ministry of Defense said that 63 servicemen had been killed in a Ukrainian attack on their quarters in Makivka, a Russian-occupied town in the Donbass region. Some Ukrainian reports for the casualty figures are far higher. Separately, the last barrage of Russian strikes on Kyiv, Ukraine's capital, caused electricity and heating shortages, according to Vitaly Klitschko, the mayor. Ukraine's defense ministry said the Air Force had shot down nearly 40 Iranian-made drones overnight. A third of the world economy will fall into recession in 2023, according to the head of the IMF. Kristalina Georgieva said that global growth will be dragged down by the economies of America, China, and the EU, which are, quote, slowing simultaneously. She predicted that half of the EU would enter a recession, but added that America may avoid one. The lying in state of Pope Benedict XVI began in the Vatican. His body is displayed in an open casket in St. Peter's Basilica. Benedict, head of the Roman Catholic Church from 2005 until his resignation in 2013, died on Saturday. His funeral will take place on Thursday. It is the first time that the serving Pope will oversee the burial of one of his predecessors. The President of the European Parliament announced that two unnamed MEPs, implicated in a corruption scandal, will begin to have their parliamentary immunity removed. Roberta Metsola said she was acting on a request from the Belgian police. In December, Eva Kiley, a vice president of the parliament, and three others were charged with corruption and money laundering, reportedly relating to the Gulf state of Qatar. All deny any wrongdoing, as does Qatar. The Israeli army launched a missile strike on Syria's international airport in Damascus, killing four people including two soldiers, according to a British-based human rights monitor. The attack put the airport out of service. It was the second attack on the airport in seven months. The strikes, which targeted Iranian-backed groups in Syria, came days after a new right-wing coalition government took office in Israel. About 24 prisoners escaped from a prison in North Mexico after it was attacked by a heavily armed gunman probably members of a drug cartel. At least 10 guards and 4 inmates were killed during the assault on the Chihuahua State Prison in Ciudad Juarez. Fighting within the prison also left 13 injured. The border city has seen thousands of deaths from drug-related violence in recent years. And factory activity in South Korea fell for the sixth consecutive month in December, according to a business survey. Manufacturing firms were hit hard by the global economic slowdown and a strike by truckers. Meanwhile, in Indonesia, the annual inflation rate rose slightly in December to 5.5%, remaining well above the central bank's upper limit of 4% for the seventh consecutive month.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The Battle for Republican Leadership Before America's House of Representatives broke up for Christmas, some Republican lawmakers were seen sporting a peculiar lapel badge. OK, it read, standing for Only Kevin, a rallying cry against the Never Kevins, rebel Republicans who had vowed to oppose Kevin McCarthy's bid for House Speaker, the leader of the larger party in the chamber. Mr. McCarthy, who was the minority leader before Republicans took the House in November's midterms, faces a tough vote on Tuesday. Unusually, he is both a Donald Trump loyalist and an establishment figure. Hoping to convince the obstructionist never Kevins, he has conceded to some of their demands. But between five and ten members remain unpersuaded, and he can afford to lose just four. Speaker contests are typically straightforward. None since 1923 has required more than a single vote. If Mr. McCarthy fails on his first try, he will have to haggle with diminished leverage. Others could also put their names forward. That will mean a chaotic start to the new congressional session for a Republican party already hobbled by division. Mexico raises its minimum wage. This week, the legal minimum wage in Mexico increases to 207.44 pesos, or $10.55 a day, or 312.41 pesos for workers in the northern border area abutting the United States. Mexicans will welcome the extra cash, which represents a 22% rise on last year's figure. Between 2018 and 2020, the poverty rate increased from 42% to 44% of the population, and the pandemic then made things worse. President Andres Manuel López Obrador has continually increased the minimum wage since taking office in 2018. By 2026, he says, it should be sufficient to buy food for a family of four. Still, not everyone likes the larger pay packets. Some economists fret the wage boost will push up inflation, already running high at 7.8%. Indeed, for the approximately 60% of Mexican workers who toil in the informal sector, that may be the only effect they see. Labor markets are the bright spot in the world economy. Amid all the talk about impending recession, there is one bright spot labor markets. In most recessions, unemployment soars as firms stop hiring and lay off staff. After the 2008 financial crash, for example, the rich world's unemployment rate rose from 5.8% to close to 9%. But at the beginning of 2023, there is scant evidence of labor market carnage. Jobs numbers from America out on Friday will show that unemployment in the world's largest economy remains very low. Indeed, the biggest problem appears to be shortages of workers, not jobs. Wage growth is still exceptionally strong, especially given weak productivity growth. Admittedly, there is evidence that labor demand is starting to weaken in some places. Notably, employment growth in America has slowed sharply from the dizzying heights of late 2021, yet it would take an awful lot to return to the dark days of the early 2010s. At 4.9 percent, unemployment across the rich world is at its lowest level in decades. She and Marcos smile for the cameras. On Tuesday, Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos, president of the Philippines, begins a state visit to China. Mr. Marcos and Xi Jinping, China's president, will stress the friendlier commercial aspects of their country's relations rather than their overlapping claims to parts of the South China Sea. There, fishing vessels crewed by Chinese militiamen persist in obstructing access to waters where international law gives the Philippines exclusive rights to catch fish and tap any oil and natural gas that may be found. If these spats were to escalate into violence, America as the Philippines' ally could be dragged in. Nobody wants a war over seafood and what, for now, is the mere promise of gas, so Mr. Xi and Mr. Marcos will keep up the appearance of friendship. The pretense will last as long as the Philippines muffles its protests about Chinese bullying and China moderates its strong-arm tactics. Elena Ferrante on Netflix. The coming of age tale is a literary staple. Fans of Elena Ferrante, an Italian superstar author, have devotedly followed her characters as they learn the harsh truths of adult life. The latest is Giovanna, a teenager in Naples whose tortured adolescence has now made it from page to screen. The Lying Life of Adults, an adaptation of Miss Ferrante's most recent novel, is now streaming on Netflix worldwide. The show shares themes with the television series of Miss Ferrante's previous novels, a quartet beginning with My Brilliant Friend, which depicted the heroines Elena and Lila. It strips bare the ugliness of male entitlement and female rage, and seesaws between a poor working-class neighborhood and the posh homes of wealthy intellectuals. But stylistically, the programs could not be more different. Whereas the first show was straightforward Hollywood, Giovanna's story is more Italian new wave, fragmented and cryptic. Watch it for the visual treat and Miss Ferrante's harsh truths. Men are monsters, but women can be too. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 Hours GMT on Friday to Espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. Which novel by W. Somerset Maugham is based in part on the life of Paul Gauguin? Monday, which character in Pride and Prejudice proposes marriage to Elizabeth Bennett before marrying her best friend? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Joy Adamson, who died on this day in 1980. Since we humans have the better brain, isn't it our responsibility to protect our fellow creatures from, oddly enough, ourselves?